You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. We're at the back table at The Comedy Cellar. My name is Noam Dwarman. I'm here with Dan Natterman, who was back. Uh, you were on a cruise ship uh, last week. Where were you, Dan? That's correct. I was uh, cruising the Caribbean. Yeah, and a and, uh, special guest, Mr. Jim Florentine, and our producer, Steve Calabria, is at the table. I don't know, before we go, do Incidentally, you have, do you have uh, anything no. about the cruise? Usually you have a story about the cruise. No, well, I don't usually have a story about the cruise. Were you but, on a romantic cruise uh, no, I was with, on a, a with a lady? Cruise. I was on a working cruise. <laughs> but uh, it did give me a little bit of uh, We were talking, Jim, I don't know if you know this, but the Comedy Cellar is opening up a uh, Vegas room. No, I didn't know that. Oh, uh, that's coming uh, coming in uh, the summer. It's, it's not a short thing yet, then. Well, ninety-nine percent sure. No, no, I wouldn't. Okay, let's say eighty. Let's say seventy-five percent sure. Wow, well, oh, I didn't know it was that low. I thought it was a little bit higher than that. But I think I'm going to say something that might knock that up a little bit. Noam was having some misgivings about it, but you know, this cruise this week uh, kind of gave me uh, renewed optimism in the Vegas room because uh, my material was really, really working very, very well. Even the. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, so that the New York Comedy Cellar uh, type shit that I do here was working for regular folk on the cruise, which is very much the kind of audience you might find in Vegas. Therefore, yes, I do believe that uh, that that uh, the, the Vegas audience will respond to the Comedy Cellar comedians. Usually, when a, when your material works on a cruise, that means it's not good. <laughs> it means you're a hack. Well, now, but no, now hold on, Jim. But this is the same material I do here, that has been uh, praised by no, no. Look, by, you're by a great comic. I'm just saying that so usually. But my point is, is that if you present the people on the cruise, see the the notion is, is that cruise people, you got to feed them the the hacky shit, which will work, by the way. But 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 the good shit will work too. You know, maybe not for all of them, but for enough of them. I, I think in general, many mistakes have been made by the the clever people in charge of show business by thinking that this or that particular brand of humor wouldn't play to a wider audience. I mean, the whole they were sure that Seinfeld was too Jewish, and you know, I mean, funny's funny, Dan, and and everybody watches the same TV shows and sees the same comedians, and why wouldn't they laugh at you on a cruise just like they laugh at you on America's Got Talent? Or they laugh at you at the comedy cellar. Are people in New York so much more sophisticated? That's kind of what... Well, and also the New York uh, audiences are, are are from elsewhere, although it, it's a certain subset of, you know, elsewhere. But um, so now, now, Jim likes to talk about heavy metal. I don't know how that's going to play. Well, we'll get to no, heavy metal. No, we'll I, get to I, heavy I, I was metal. on a heavy metal cruise recently, but... Oh, where but, are you but, Wait, did, did you have to be clean on the cruise? Was No, it? this is... Um, this is the... There are these, um, the Royal Caribbean, the three ships they have that have comedy clubs on board the ship, and you can say whatever the hell you want. Um, I, I mean, didn't know that. you know, I wouldn't push it too far. I, I, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily. Well, you're be not dirty by too, nature. Too uh, explicit, but, uh, you know, I, I went as far as doing the uncle joke. Um, Was you know. the crowd typically older? No, mixed bag. Yeah. Mixed bag. No, no kids. Time. No kids. Well, in the, it, the, the, the club is 18 years and older. That's the rule for the club. Um, for the comedy club on the ship. So. Any ladies on the cruise, Dan? There are ladies on the cruise, no, but, mo but most of them, well, the thing about these cruises, there's not a lot of, like, you know, single ladies. It's either young, young girls with their parents or couples. So if you want to get laid on these ships, you have to hit the crew. Okay. It's awesome. You like, have to hit the like crew and you have to hit them hard. They're like Filipino and... Uh... Well, the, there are Filipinos, but then it, it's a very... Like, the Filipinos are like the bartending staff, but then if you get into, like, the... the um, the dancers and the uh, you know who was the famous the French financier who tried to bang the the maid and remember like uh, oh the World Bank guy. yeah the World yeah, Bank yeah, guy. yeah yeah 
Uh, how old uh, are you, Dan? Um, that old? was uh, uh, D- D- DSK. That was uh, Dominic Strauss-Kahn. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? Well, you never ask a gentleman how old he is. I'm 47. Can I ask you how old well, you are? Well, who's a gentleman here? <laughs> do, you, do you say how old you are? I'm 52. 52. So we're all about the same age. Don't you find a real waning sex drive as you hit 45 and above? Do you find that at all? Oh, you're single again now? Yeah, I'm single again, so uh, it's it's come re- back. You're revitalized. Yeah. When it's something new, it comes back. It's infuriating to me. It's just like you're probably a little low on testosterone, dude. Wh- why you say that? <laughs> I'm just saying no, no question. <laughs> so I think that's where it's coming from. You Thanks. might have to get some testosterone cream or something for that. I I don't know. If As I- you get older, though, the testosterone goes lower, and that loses your sex drive. As a guy, so sometimes you need it like a supplement. Also, married men have lower testosterone than single men. That's that's a fact. Probably. I, I and do. Jewish men. <laughs> well, <go ahead. laughs> I, I have a lower sex drive, but I still have a very high self-esteem drive. I need to be, I, I still need as much as I ever did to be, um, you know, to be, to be uh, desired. I, I, I mean, how much would you pay for a drug to give you back what you had when you were like, in, not, not 17, 25? Like, if I could just have that. Well, you, you want that? Why, why do you want that? It was just, it, it, it's, it, was, it was a reason to get up in the morning. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the sex yeah, but drive. You, but plus, you could two, three hours sleep. You could function on no problem, get up, go to work, well, and not be exhausted all, right, all the well, time. That certainly you would no want naps. back. But as far as a sex drive, Noam, you don't want that sex drive. No, back. I do. I do want that. Because unless it's for your wife, but if you have that sex drive, but it's not, you know, aimed toward Juanita, then you'd be in quite a bit of trouble, I would imagine. Yeah, but the problem is when you're married, you, you kind of still have that sex drive for everybody but your wife. So, so you, want it in, you, want it in, you want to increase that. You no, want to I'm increase kidding, that torture. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's, it's you just, didn't call me, honey. I assume that honey was directed I, at uh, I, I, I don't know how much getting older occupies you, your guys' minds, but uh, like I'm really thinking a lot about getting older and, and, and just, just reminders everywhere, everywhere of getting older. It's really been upsetting me lately. Is that the biggest thing that you miss? What the sex drive and just the ability and willingness to go out carousing? No, I was never a big carouser. I just miss—I don't know—just that. Yeah, you're feeling. better off without it if you're trying to keep your marriage together. Is I think what I. Uh, you're right about at. that. You're absolutely you're right about that. And and uh, also, I, I'm, I think part of the reason I think about it all the time is because I have kids. I started late. You have you have a son. Yeah, I have a six-year-old. Yeah. And so you started a little bit late, not as late as I did. And it infuriates me now that I started so late because I keep thinking of how old I'm going to be and what I'm going to miss with my kids. And that I think that's what starts the, the thought about it. So it's not just base uh, concerns. And, and you, you have two, right? I have two. And a third on the way. And okay. th- Yeah, so it, the, the, it's just pure chaos. Yeah. In there. So the, the sex is, you know, that's like 20th on the list when you got all that st- shit going on. So then you feel like, oh, man, what am I... It's this, not on this, my wife's list. It's, it's not yeah, on. and there's hardly any ex- excitement when you, you when you get little kids running around and all this, and there's not really like, hey, let's go, let's go, fuck, let's go get a hotel room yeah. for the weekend, let's go out drink and stay out till three, four in the morning. She, it, that shit doesn't happen anymore. Jim, very you, rare. Yeah, maybe she'll do something she's never done before. <laughs> Jim told me something very interesting before this show. I, I'd ima- I don't think he minds if I brings it up. He said he, he masturbated for the first time. At, was it twenty one? I'd rather you not bring that up. That's very personal. <laughs> yeah, first time was twenty one. Yeah, well, that's insane, right? The first time I had an orgasm was was a month before I was 18 years. 
Well, then, how, oh, so you were with a I woman. Had, yeah, I had sex with her. Yeah, that was before, my first orgasm. Oh, so you had sex before you ever masturbated. Yeah. Well, that's a that's that's Jersey shit right there. Yeah. Well, I grew up strict <laughs> Catholic, man. They pound that shit in your head. You really, uh, you know. But you were, but you had sex though. You well, like I also to... there was seven there was seven of us, so there was you know I was in a room with three other brothers, so it was tough to you know. I masturbate silently in bed with my wife. She doesn't even know you couldn't masturbate with. Her. I couldn't perfect it at that that early age, you know. I was staring at my Farrah Fawcett poster Well, on the so wall. You, you had all this buildup in your system. You couldn't get it out. Yeah, well, that's why I was an angry kid and just, you know, so caused that, a lot of destruction. That's an amazing story because you just think it's irresistible. Like, you just find yourself... Well, it comes out anyway, does it not, in, 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 in what, what's, uh, what's scientifically termed nocturnal a nocturnal emission. emission. Which, by well, the way, I never had one of those because I guess because I, I took care of it, you know. Well, I was in the di- I, diurnal, uh, you know, emissions of waking thing. Anyway. Well, how old were you when you first did it? Masturbation? I, I was masturbating to Nellie Olson in uh, in the seventies. How old was that? <laughs> I was eleven. And, and eleven. Yeah, uh, I remember it. I, I you know, but I I didn't know it was called masturbation then. Maybe ten. Um and I you know, nothing came out. Yeah, I had that too. Uh but uh I would do that, yeah. I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was my own thing that I kinda came up with. The first time I did it I felt really guilty too, like the next I did it when I was drunk in the middle of the night. In the morning, I felt like shit, like a, like the biggest piece of shit. Like, I can't believe I did the that. Cat, you know, it's a... But then, like three days later, I got over it, and that, then I said, within a week, I had bursitis in my arm. I had to go to the doctor, <laughs> and I had my arm to sling. I missed two softball games. He was dry was heaving supposed... out of his. <laughs> it's amazing. I couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, I hear that a lot from Catholic people that you know all this Catholic guilt that I guess I just didn't uh, wasn't aware of, but uh, but that does uh, but that is is a real thing. Catholic guilt is nothing compared to Islamic guilt, apparently, but it's 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 high up there. People do deal with it. I mean. I, I don't know. We, I, Jews don't care about masturbating, right? We're allowed. We, nobody tells us not to masturbate. Uh, well, they don't tell you not to do it, but I, I do recall my father once um, catching me at it and saying, don't do that, you know, in sort of a harsh tone. Really? Yeah. Were your pants around your ankles? How, no, was I was just this? like, I was just in the car. He had gone out, he, <laughs> I, you know, your parents leave me in the in car. The front seat next to him? <laughs> no, he, was, he had left the car to do whatever he had to do, post office. And you doing it in the car? I was touching it in the car. You had it out? I believe so, yeah. Is I mean, it, was there a schoolyard nearby? Probably, but that's not, a, that's not relevant. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, you know, Stanford has a lot of schools in it. Was this the good car? I didn't family not, has like not, two cars. Nothing, one for the, uh, I don't recall that. Was it, was it the caddy? There, well, I, we didn't have a caddy. Uh, I, your choice was a Pinto or a, a Chevy Citation. So your dad came back to the car, caught you, and what did he say? He just said, hey, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> you shouldn't Dave, do Dave, that. You know Dave Juskow? Yeah, of course, yeah. What's up, buddy? Dave, you'd like How's to sit man? down, and we do have an extra chair and an extra mic. Well, that's uh, a good dad. You, you shouldn't do that. And then he left it at that? He left it at that. What he should have said is, this is something that we do privately. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a wonderful, you know, nat- perfectly natural thing to do. And, I, and, and uh, it, it, were you know. Were you and, not uh, aware it was something to do privately? I wasn't private. <laughs> I know, but, I mean, you knew it was something you were supposed to do privately. You, I was you, in you private. You succumbed. I was in private. You were in private, so just okay. to bring you up to speed, uh, yeah. uh, Jim didn't masturbate until he was 18. 21. I know. 21. I know. I know. You know this. Oh. <laughs> and Dan uh, got caught masturbating in his fa- in his car b- by his father. So. I, now, I now have, um, I haven't had sex in such a long time, I now have dreams about finding a place to masturbate. <laughs> I used to have dreams about sex. I've had wet dreams about masturbating. You have? And like I had a wet dream one time a... about Diana Ross, too, in, in high school. Oh, that's a little awkward. Um, I never, I never had dreams about black girls until later. 
Why is that? I don't know. From Jersey, I guess. <coughs> oh, you're both from Jersey. Is that a Jer- <laughs> now, Jim? You have a is that a Jersey accent that you have because it's very gravelly. It's a lot like Artie Lang speaks like you do with a gravel. Yeah, I don't know. So I thought uh, maybe my dad it's- sounded like this. I don't know. I think it just you know the voice runs in the family. But yeah, it could be probably Jersey. And Vaughn's a little gravelly, so I thought maybe the, the Jersey but there's a Jersey not. gravel. Norton's does isn't gravel. Springsteen. You know, there's a southern draw on the Jersey gravel, maybe. Springsteen's got the gravel. He's got yeah. a gravel. Yeah. So it, it, maybe it's like just certain part of, or maybe it's like in Boston, where like certain people have the Boston accent, but some of the other people don't have the Boston accent. Could be a matter of neighborhood. I don't know if anyone wants to talk about yeah. it, but it's been on my mind. We, well, we, if it's we, Bill we, O'Reilly, I, I suggest yeah. we put that on hold. Okay. Um, because I would like to get, well, unless go ahead. you insist on I, I, but it. But someone, it, I really want to talk about this sexual harassment with Bill O'Reilly. I ahead. know you do, but it's just, I it's just. It's only the biggest story of the day, but go ahead, Dan. <laughs> I'm sure I'm the only one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about masturbating. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it, well, again, this brings us. Noam and I, Noam and I have de- very different visions for this podcast. Noam wants it to be Bill Maher. Uh, Bill Maher already exists. I want. Uh, he does it pretty well. It's not about add. Bill Maher. <laughs> I want it to be about. The lives of the comics and the life of the comedy seller and things that comics can really talk about in a way that others cannot. Um, the Bill O'Reilly thing, I, I don't know, maybe if, unless it's really in Jim's wheelhouse and in Juskow's wheelhouse but to talk worked, about the Bill just O'Reilly. Juskow works in an office quite often with, with females. That's true. In fact, I just got in trouble today. Uh-huh. Well, uh, there's a right, really we, hot girl just come, you know, she was dressed really provocatively. And I go, right, how, how, was she, how was she dressed? She was dressed in a, like a skirt, like a short skirt and boots, and she knows I have a crush on her anyway. Cleavage? Definitely cleavage. She's, uh, you know, Latino. Uh, Latino. 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 How short was the skirt? It was like uh, like above the knee, but, you know, with the boots, it was working. It was Big working. Latina, healthy healthy butt, like yeah, a, a yeah. robust. Yeah, she's really pretty. Dan's got his dick out right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, wow, you look terrific. And I was what? right in front of her boss. And he goes, hey, hey, can't say that. Like, he was really angry. This just happened hours ago. Yeah. And he was really angry. Well, and then, of course, you know, later, he was like, you know, I had to say that. Right? So, like, <laughs> no, no, careful. It happens all the time. It's a big problem right now. It's a very, I, but then I, the guys close the door, and they're like, listen, you know. Was, uh, like they, Then they're like, uh, you know, then they say much worse things than I just said to that girl. Plus, that girl was just like, thank you. You can't say anything. Yeah, Latina girls are not really uh, that, uh, that, that sensitive about I think that stuff. pretty sure she was, I mean, I think that outfit garners a reaction, right? I think that's why you wear it, right? It, I don't think it was, like, office appropriate. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you weren't creepy about it, were no, you? No, I, well, who knows at this point. Were you I, licking your lips <laughs> when you said it? <laughs> no. I don't know why I think the Latina girls are more easygoing about it, but I just feel like it's, yeah, it's usually, so. like, uptight white girls who are really looking. They're just, they're just like a spring coiled, ready to fucking find somebody yeah. who says something, uh, unless they like the guy, in which case anything goes. I think the Latino... Fine. Women, the the men, the Latino men are used to just doing that to women. They just shrug it off like, ah, whatever. He's just being an idiot. When they're walking down the street, white guys usually don't do that. They're more discreet about it. Yeah, they won't yell out. They'll just look and. But that's why that's how hot she was dressed. It, it you know, it, it threw me off. Oh I was God. like, there, wow. There was you a know. Latina girl. Were you here last Friday night dancing in front of the the band? No. Oh my God. Damn it! Why she do we always so miss the good stuff? Sizzling hot. Anyway, by by the way, uh, Jessica's a huge fan, not just a uh, frequent podcast guest, but a huge fan of the podcast. I am. And so I'd like to to hear his perspective on the direction we should take. But don't talk about Bill O'Reilly. It's way too interesting (laughs) and and on on everybody's mind. Well, obviously, (laughs) 
the juxtaposition between the two of you is what makes the podcast great. So it's fun. It's great talking about comedy and the cellar and all the comics and our friends. And then it's fun to talk about pot. It's good to mix it up. But I feel I like no one gets too deep, deep, deep. And as I said, Bill Maher already exists. We have to do our own thing. Okay, this is what I think. I, I, I'm going to drop it. Yeah, I think that the the what you're describing, this new kind of world where we're not sure what we can say to people we work with anymore, what's sexual harassment, what is courtship, what is like we're all flying blind. And there's a new wrinkle now with O'Reilly that even if you settle something out of court, which we all know, people settle just to be rid of something. You know, like Billy Joel settled that plagiarism case, or he didn't plagiarize it. He just want to be rid of it. Now that even becomes evidence that can be used to end your career. Yeah. That, well, yeah. but how is this new? You recall uh, Clarence Thomas was at 30, almost 30 years ago now, 25, 30 years ago, with the Coke comment. But he was, a, he was, he, he was a, 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 um, confirmed. Well, he might, I don't know if he would or we, but it was a big, big, big deal is the thing. Yes. I don't know. You say that this is something new. We're flying blind as, as though this is a very recent phenomenon. Well, like his, uh, uh, Just Gow's boss is obviously, why did he say that? Because he's like, this is a different universe He told now. me, he said, I don't want to lose my job. I yeah. got kids. Yeah. But I stuff. think it like, could have happened honest. 20 years ago as no, well. No, no, it didn't happen 20 years ago. No, nobody, I mean, you were allowed to say a girl looks pretty at the office 20 years ago. We well, were allowed to bang a waitress 20 years ago. You can now, still bang a waitress. No one's stopping you except your own. Very careful. Except your own. Bang a cocktail waitresses. <laughs> Two or three at a time. My friend worked at MTV back in the 90s, and he just said everybody, including bosses, everybody was banging each other. It was never a problem. They'd all go out drinking afterwards, all hook up. And there was never an issue anywhere with anyone which is sexual harassment. That's well, just what you I, I did back then. I think that probably then. goes on today, too, in certain young person, young people, invite, like here at the Comedy Cellar. I mean, there's many, many. Uh, they're all fucking here, too. You know, the wait staff, the bar staff, the comics. Uh, what? Yes. <laughs> Everybody but Jessica. That, that was, um, <laughs> you know, so so that happens in certain contexts. I think... Nobody a, was supposed to tell Jessica. Don't you know the rules? <laughs> Son of a... I think that, uh, you know, at a law firm 20 years ago, it would have been similar. It would have been a similarly... Uh, I'm exhausting. When I, when no, I worked... Really. A, I was a summer associate. I've been at the law firm 20 years. <laughs> I was a summer associate at a law firm. And I had a huge crush on this Indian receptionist named Davina. And I spent half my time just at the reception desk hitting on this receptionist. And all the party, it was, it was the joke of the whole over. Everybody was just making fun of it. It didn't occur to anybody that I was doing anything that might get anybody in trouble. or right. like Nobody told me to back off. It was like, yeah, he's trying to well, bang Davina. It was not an issue. So it ever happened? Yeah. Nice. I slept well, with you the receptionist at my last job. I wore down. <laughs> well, okay, you slept, you, you slept with the receptionist at your last I, job. I didn't which actually was, have intercourse with her in case she's listening. Go ahead. Was, like, was she attempt? 20 years ago. Oh, okay. No, she's still there. Well, so I, it's okay. I assume there's plenty of workplace <laughs> sex sex happening. And, and, and one man's courtship is, I mean, like, you know, you, you, you flirt with a girl, and if she likes you... It's fine. Well, know? that's what O'Reilly should have been doing instead of being bossy and just, like, you know, be jerking off on the phone talking to this woman, and he's breathing heavy and saying shit to him. He should have flirted with her and say, if, she, if she's, yeah. not a, she's not into it, then you move on to the next girl. You find somebody that's going to cheat and has no problem hooking up with you, maybe advance a career. He did it absolutely the wrong way. He was just a scumbag about it, just going, hey, I'm Bill O'Reilly. Fuck me. Oh, really? I'm going to ruin your career. 
Yeah, he basically. did it in a, yeah, but, And that, yeah, that yeah. would not have flown 20 years ago either. He could easily got those young girls at Fox. You're in the, I'm in that building when I we used to do red eye and stuff like that. There's all hot chicks in there. All a a million of them would have slept with them too if he would have just done it the right way. A million of them would have come to him without him even asking. They would yeah. have, they would have made their uh, made themselves available. I bought a, a paralegal from the office here last two weeks ago. She's 22. You know, but it's it's all it's all creepy. Like, but but I said, do you want to go out with me? Like, I just was oh, nice Dave. about it, and I just said, uh, do you want to come with me? Down the village, whatever, and she goes, sure. And I'm like, you do? Like, I was even surprised she said yes. <laughs> and then um, she told me not to tell anybody at the office, but uh, I mean, the podcast, who cares? She said, she said not to tell anybody at the office because that's really good. Yeah, yeah. She that said, means she might like you. Me. And she, well, she came over. It's Nothing your house? happened. Yeah. Yeah, she slept over. Really? Well, Dave Jessica has a way with women, not necessarily <laughs> sexual, but uh, he has a way of just being pals with every yeah, awesome. woman. I mean, he hangs around with a lot of beautiful women. That's just always been his thing. Uh, can I say... Well, it used to be better. I, I don't mean to imply that the stuff that... I, I agree with Jim. I mean, in so, in, so, in so many things you find that if you just have some class about you, you can get away with things. I mean, O'Reilly, what he did was have absolutely no class, and that's what came back to bite him. I, I think that I've... And most people I know have avoided any of these issues because I've had relationships with people who work for me because I never was... I was never a lech, you know. I well, never, that's what I'm never... saying. I think with this girl, I, you know, but we, I called we women and masturbated on the phone. I was sure they would be okay with it before. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't done that? Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that. I don't know. But like with this girl, like I, you know, we talk for a while. Sometimes we we talk in the office, or we went out for lunch once, and then you know, it seemed like it would be okay. You know, like we're like we're, like you said, you're just but polite about it. Something about Dave Juskow that women feel. Unthreatened, right? I, well, I uh, think it has something to do with them hating their fathers, I guess. I, no, I, no I but you know. have a lot of female friends that I do you, you never laid a glove on. That's true. Is that true or false? It's true. Okay, so, you know, um, that's I've kind always, of what you uh, do. Can, can I ask I've guys, always been one of the girls. Uh, this is my last question about O'Reilly to ask you guys, and I'm done with it until, unless it comes up naturally. Nothing that bothers me. So, okay, O'Reilly calls up the girl, whatever it is, and he's breathing heavy and masturbating on the phone. And she comes and goes, I, he he masturbated about it, and I need five million dollars. Five million—that's the only way I'll ever be right again—is to have five million dollars. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, people. How many times have you have women we know seen guys jerking off on the subway, and they come in? I mean, it's not all right. It's different. He he's he works with them. But it might be nice to have a woman's opinion on the matter. Five million dollars, or even a guy, a uh, even, even if a girl going on a first date with a guy and he just whips his dick out, like. You know, and she's like, "No, what are you doing?" You know, like guys do that all the time. Yeah. They'll just whip it out. She's like, "No, I'm not. I don't want. I don't want to touch it. I barely know you." So she she's not getting anything from that guy, right? So well, you don't whip your dick out unless you feel like. I don't uh, know. Do you, do you ever talk about, you know, what you told me in Atlantic City, like how you handle stuff? What did I? What did I? I don't want to say if you don't want to. I don't care. I mean, you're very good about making sure that doesn't happen to you. Oh well, no, you just well, you got to be protected because you don't know. Right. There's a lot of you know girls out there that you know might cry something, you know, got a boyfriend or a husband, and they don't tell you about them, and then they get caught, and then they blame. Well, I didn't want to do it, so I just always get a confirmation text. 
back if there's something sexual that goes down. It's really smart. Afterwards, just saying, oh man. So how many orgasms did you have? Like two or three? Like whatever we. T- <laughs> and she's like, I had, I had, t- I had three. I'm like, man, I, I thought you only had two. She goes, no, I had three. I go, oh man, next time I'd like to give you four. So like, oh, that'd be amazing. So you get all that going back. So if anything goes down, I have cop friends that say like three out of ten women that come in and say they got sexually assaulted or raped or whatever are lying because their boyfriends or they felt guilty in the morning and they go. So what they usually do. My conference, what they do is the girl will come in. He goes, okay, right now we're going to call the guy without without her even getting contact. Call him right now. And we're listening and start yelling at him that you didn't want to do that last night. Because if, if, if she's lying, the guy's going to go. So half the time the guy's like, why would you do that to me? And he's like, what are you talking about? I didn't want to do that last night. The cops are listening. She, he's like, what are you talking about? We just went for breakfast and we're going to meet up later. Yeah. At like 6 o'clock, we're going to go out again. And he's like, then they're like, all right, you still want to pursue this? No, and then they leave. You know, that's a so very, that happens a lot. That's a very politically incorrect fact, but I've heard it before that that rape is the most often falsely reported crime. Yeah. Which you really, I mean, I've only, I'm not saying it's true. I'm like, because people get so upset about this. I've just read that. I don't know that it's true. Yeah, no, no, no there, there are some cases, absolutely, where girls will, will, you know, they have a boyfriend, a husband, or I just feel like shit in the morning, or the guy treated him like shit. Like, supposedly the whole Tyson case was he threw Desiree Washington out at a hotel. She was 18 years old. She didn't know where she was. And he just said, get the fuck out. And he's, he's like, where am I going? Just get the fuck out. And just didn't even call her a cab. She Lack of class. Yeah. And she got, and she, right. like, she probably wasn't going to do it. That was a story that came out later that he just threw her out, didn't even walk her downstairs, didn't even get her a car. And she's 18 years old. In Indianapolis for the first time, she was there for the beauty concert. She had nowhere it was going. It just felt like a, a used piece of shit, and that's when all the stuff went down. So, um, yeah, that was terrible. That, that was that was really a travesty of justice. Mike Tyson going to jail. I mean, it, I thought, yeah, no, I mean, it, he might have done it, but I don't know how they could prove that he did it. Like, with, by this reasonable doubt. I mean, beyond any doubt, you're gonna, you're always gonna her. lose as a man. That's why uh, Jim's thing is very smart. Well, you just, you never know. You never, look, if someone, someone's going to hook up with you the first night or you're in a town somewhere and they're going to, they're going to sleep with you. That, that, that's not normal. That's not a normal girl. Normal girls don't do that. So you got to, you got to put that in the equation that this chick is going to be a little crazy and who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> you could text them. I'm sorry to make you come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Nothing can happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'll try harder I'm, next I'm time. I'm sorry. I fell asleep last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would like to uh, <laughs> it, it, it talk some about the uh, a story I find fascinating. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I will. I don't. I don't. I support you. Whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Uh, which like is you. the United Airlines uh, catastrophe? Well, catastrophe for United Airlines anyway. Um, of the uh, Doctor Dow getting thrown off the plane, and I assume everyone's familiar with that story. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't he a troublemaker though? Well, it, it's come to light that the guy was a bit a bit of a creeper himself. Yeah. Um, but um, but I don't think that's going to have any relevance in terms of uh, his lawsuit. I fly United, so I like it. So now they're going to treat us better. That's the way yeah, I look at it. They're not going anywhere. The stock went down. People are going to start buying it again. They're still going to charge a ton to fly. And there's such a huge airline. Nothing's going to happen to them. They're just going to have to change some policies where they're not going to be able to just drag people off a flight. I agree. What I think Dow is going to get, this was like, this sort of reminds me a bit of the of the Artie Fuqua, uh, Tracy Morgan Walmart crash. In that this is the perfect, everything had to come together just right for them to get the huge payout that they got. And in this case, with Dr. Dow, you have, he was already on the plane. Um... He was injured just enough, you know. He was he, he, he 
Like, he, first of all, he had to have the balls to say to three cops, no, you're going to take me out. I mean, who, first of all, who would do that? But like a person that's not, not usually an Asian doctor. Very few people, I think, would have done it in that in that instance. Well, what was that scene? And of then him and then they in, well he, they dragged him out. He injured himself. And at a time where people are fed up with the airlines. So what I'm trying to say is five million dollars. Yeah. Well, I think there's another aspect to what you're saying, which is that uh, normally when you have a lawsuit, you settle against what each person, each side thinks they can likely make or lose at a trial. But in this case, United also has to weigh it against against the PR disaster. Well, I think that, that was the case with the, with the Walmart um, accident as Even well. Even more than with Walmart. With Walmart, they don't want to look like they're not making good. But I don't think anybody thinks a Wal a truck driver because it has a Walmart. Right, there's something true. horrible about yeah. Walmart. Yeah, this was true. like United Airlines policy. So I I think they'd be ready to pay him more than they sh than they think they would lose at trial because they really want it to go away because it's bad for business. Yeah, and they want to seem like, you know, they did the right thing by this guy. Well, why was he... Go but I saw a scene where he was walking up and down the aisle screaming and everything. He was got that, back on the plane. Well, like he got after back they, after? After they dragged him off, oh. I guess they put him... He was at the front, uh, you know, check, and then he ran back on the plane, so, and then they got him back off again. Now, now you remember the movie Soul Plane, where, where <laughs> Kevin Hart sued the airline and created Soul Plane. I'm wondering whether there's going to be a Szechuan plane. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is what we give you here at the Comedy Cellar Podcast. We give you pre-written... The whole build-up so we can get that joke we out. Give you, good joke, we give you pre-written shit <laughs> as well as improv. Sounds delicious. And that's why this is the only game in town for your podcasting needs. I, I think that, uh, I mean, as, a, as an owner of bars who's dealt with these situations before, I, my heart goes out to United Airlines, although they were stupid, which is that you always have some overzealous guy who wants to kick some fucking ass who 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 gets you in trouble as a bar yeah but the, but they the guy is already seated they should have just said all right offer more money and somebody will volunteer to leave yeah of course or you know what like you said most people when you start to lift them physically they won't resist it's all right you try but it's the second that you see that you're in a full-blown brawl you walk away from the guy and say okay you know be, well, they, you can't they, really do that because you yeah, still got There still needs yeah, to be can't. somebody getting off the plane. No, no, no. You can do that. Then you, you're re rewarding. Like if your policy is this guy's got to go, then you got to follow through. Maybe with you it. need to get more people and lift them in a way you can't. You can't hurt them. This happened to me downstairs. And the thing I had to settle somebody. Some some guy. I, don't, I mean, I can't even tell the story because I'm so disgusted with it. But some guy just wanted to use the bathroom and he wasn't a customer and he used the bathroom and then he wouldn't leave right away. And the door guys got like said, you have to leave now. And he said, no, you have to, I'm not leaving. You got to fucking take me out. So like, OK. And the guy's like bloodied. Now, the guys, my guys didn't hit him, but he bloodied himself just in the altar. I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you guys? Just let him watch the fucking comedian. Well, you know, you know, uh, I mean, me, I would have been the opposite way. I would have been like, get him the hell out of here. Do whatever you have to do. I'd no, be really upset by that. that. Like some, some guy pulls out a, it's happened to me, some guy pulls out a cigarette and those security guys are just dragging him. I was like, why are you dragging this guy out? He's smoking. I was like, all right. You know, it's, it's not the end of the world. It's illegal. I know. Well, from their point of view, could it not be that they're thinking <laughs> the boss doesn't allow this sort of behavior and if no, I allow no, this no, sort of behavior. No, it's, it's never that. They know, and they've been taught, I always say, don't put your hands on anybody for any reason unless, unless there's life or limb at, 
at, at, uh, in the balance. So I even tell them, I don't care if they don't want to pay the check. If somebody refuses to pay the check, let them go. Do not stop them. Do really? not put your hands on them. That, that's, they, they know that. I, I said, let, what, if it's a, what if it's 10 people? Let them go. Don't touch anybody. But who goes into this kind of profession? Cops. But they, they want to kick some ass sometimes. Yeah. They see a green light. They think they got and they and they get overzealous. But they do usually ask first, sir, can you please put that out? Like they give them two chances or something, but then... But then doesn't it then ask? They don't just immediately go in and touch the guy, right? I mean, no, but they escalate it when it's not necessary. I see your point. And, and and and, but I think in the end it does come down to the policies. And apparently, some other airline has a much better policy where they they just ask all the passengers to, uh, I think they have an app to tell them how much would it take to get you leave to get you to leave the flight, and then they whoever gets the lowest. Well, that's price, what they should have done instead of which, being cheapskates. Which always that- works. Yeah, and they might have to pay a couple thousand dollars. No, but usually the lowest is always a few hundred dollars. It's like, but even if they have to pay a couple thousand, it, it, for just well, for they the, have to, they have to. Yeah. You know, j- j- just to throw somebody out is just shitty. Even if the guy left voluntarily, it's just shitty customer service. Well, it was also for their employees too. They needed their employees to get to a flight in the morning yeah, in Louisville. Well, so it's like then, then it, it, all the airlines work with each other. They could those four employees could have went on an American flight. It's out of, of Chicago. There's a million right, flights right. going out of there. But who's they could have put them, They could have well, to go to Louisville. In sick. I mean, they would have to. They would have to manage without the employees. It's not right. Or it's four hours from Chicago. They could have rented a car. It was car. eight o'clock or at pay night. Pay somebody more money to get off the plane. Yeah. Here's a question that they said they had uh, they picked at random this Asian guy, but that within the random system there's some there's some um, you know there's some other considerations like they don't throw out Families unaccompanied minors and so on and so forth. But I wonder whether they would ever throw like uh, racially speaking if they would throw out a Muslim guy because that, oh, could you imagine that, that or, so you think if that name pops up they'll skip I think Muhammad they say Muhammad can stay they'll skip to Dan Natterman they're like alright Dan Natterman's gonna go Muhammad might that's the way it should be <laughs> I think that uh, they would have I think throwing out a black guy would be tricky and I th- <laughs> tricky, yeah. And I think throwing out a Muslim guy would be tricky. But what if the guy's name is like Steve Brown and they think he's a white guy, and then all of a sudden, who's Steve Brown? He raises his hand, he's black. Then would he go? Oh no! You say, well, we different- wanted to see if you wanted a beverage. <laughs> 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 you know, and then you go on to the next guy. <laughs> it's true. It, it would be ugly throwing out a, a, anybody who and might think it would. But I think white and Asian. Are the ones that they figured, I guess, you can throw out without too much Who, Yeah, when did an Asian guy ever make trouble before? Well, it's very rare. What country was he from? Vietnam. I believe Vietnam. Yeah. Oh. Or, or maybe he was half Vietnamese. No, he was Vietnamese, yeah. Full. He was Vietnamese. I question anybody that well, the wants Vietnamese... to spend time in Louisville. I've been there <laughs> twice, and it sucks. They hate everybody there. Well, he's there. a very uh, successful doctor from Louisville. Nobody's a successful doctor in Louisville. Louisville stinks. Sorry, my uncle's from there, and he's a bag of crap. I actually had a thing with an Asian customer one time who, who tried to who tried to sue me one time for, for because we had tax on cover charge or something ridiculous. And then and then no, that wasn't it. He was arguing with somebody, and the manager spoke to him badly, and he filed a lawsuit against me. Again, uh, how, what was the lawsuit? We, we settled it out of court. But what, what would it, what would it be like? What would he sue you for? If it, if someone yelled at like fifty thousand dollars or something. No, but what was the offense? Oh, what yeah, was the offense? Yeah, what was the offense? Yeah, that you taxed too much. You said I, I, I was like uh, uh, 
abuse, verbal. I don't know. You're right. Like, oh no, I think I think they humil. He said he was humiliated in front of oh, other okay. people. Oh, where do so these people find lawyer? There. I work at a law firm, and he I was can't a imagine. Okay, that's what I needed to know. He was because I like, work at a firm, and I can't imagine anyone in my firm taking that case. But the funny thing, his name was David Chin, and, and then and I settled with him for like. Uh, you know, 20 free visits or something. And then years later, I needed to file a lawsuit against somebody who was really fucking with me, but I knew it was going to be a nuisance lawsuit, so I called this guy up. Oh, that's <laughs> smart. So, David, you Did he help you? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. It's there's like Aaron Brockovich, that happened. This guy buried me in paperwork, so I figured. I don't know. Nobody watched that movie? I did. It was, yeah, I, I don't recall <laughs> that scene. Why? Nobody would. Yeah. I don't know why I recall every movie ever made. Well, on a related note, by the way, speaking of any movie, movie ever made, the, the next installment, the final installment of The Godfather. Did you uh, get the script? Uh, I did receive the script. That and nobody correct. wrote me back. Oh, a Just Gal show. Just yeah. Gal like, show. another Godfather Sorry. movie? Um, you didn't get the script? I sent it to you on I, Monday. Jim, have you I seen on the, the Godfather, script. the Just Gal's Godfather? No, but I, Artie always raves about it, Artie Lang. Does he rave about it? Yeah, he does. How is Artie? Does. I don't know. I haven't talked to him. Really? I, well, yeah, I, I, I hear he beat the case. He's not going to do any yeah, jail Yeah, no, time. he's not going to jail. I know it got, yeah, it got pushed down to misdemeanors. Yeah, so. it's amazing. It just seems to me that Thank to God. convict Artie in New Jersey would be tricky business indeed. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the man is a hero. There. Uh, he was a longshoreman, yeah. you know, yeah. and his dad pro- you know, hasn't been alive in a long time, but probably still has connections. Absolutely. In the Lang family, so. And he's so beloved. He is No, beloved. absolutely. He's, a, you know, he's maybe like the down, mayor of Hoboken. Maybe down south uh, you'd get him on some, some charge or another, you know, with Attell said he's been here a couple of times during the weekends. You haven't seen him? I saw him uh, through the door, but I didn't get to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, he, he is just the nicest ever. Right? He is. He's great, dude. He's a sweetheart. Not That's why so you want to make, make sure he's doing okay. You know, it's a major bummer he can't get it together. It's bothersome. Uh, and he's really funny. Even when he's messed up, he's funny. Yeah. Like, it's amazing he's how quick funny. he is. He's amazing. Yeah. He's ama- he, he is a really gifted talent. Yeah. Uh, 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 above most. Um, you you prepared some uh, questions for Jim. Oh well, I was curious to know first of all where your love of metal comes from, and if it's at all related to your background in comedy. Um, not really. You know, my I had two older brothers that were in the heavy metal. I was twelve, he like likes they metal, were seventeen. You know? So you drive around in a car, and they just play that, and you had no choice but to listen to it. He does a metal podcast. He likes to. metal. That's all. You know. So like, why I, do I like strawberry? You know? So I just got in there as a kid, and you grew up in New Jersey, and you're strict Catholic, so you, sex is out of the question. So you like I liked heavy metal and wrestling growing up. I got out of the wrestling phase at like 14 or 15. Well, what about, but, you know, there was other alternatives. There was Bruce. You know, he's not metal. Yeah, I don't, you know, Bruce was all right. I mean, I learned to like him over the years. But, you know, when you're a metalhead and Bruce was really big, born in the USA, you're like, no, I can't like that. I like more of the metal stuff. Well, what, now, what kind of metal? Like the uh, the hair bands, like Poison? Uh, you know, you know Skid then, Row? But, but then he moved up. Yeah, like, in that, yeah, in that time in the 80s, you like that. You had, you, if you grew up in New Jersey, you had long, everyone well, had long hair and, you know. We all grew, we all uh, loved it. Whether I grew up in Connecticut, and, and we loved it quite, quite a bit. There was a group of kids in our school... Uh, that used to wear long, they used to have long hair. It was like a group of Jersey kids from, that lived in Connecticut. We had like an interesting school. We had like a group of kids that thought they were Southern. Used to drive around in pickup trucks and listen to like Skinner. Then we had Skinner a group. metal. No, but that's one group. Uh-huh. Then we had another group. Like they tried to be like Jersey people. They had long hair. <laughs> like Jersey. You know, and they, and they had, you know, those Cinderella t-shirts or and whatever. Jews? 
Uh, not real. No, no. My town was a mixed bag. I, um, some of them might have been, but no. I, don't I have so. a question about metal because I I, 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 I used to say this in high school, but I think I was wrong, which is that the taste for metal doesn't wane as you get older. Normally, as you get older, you start like you have adult contemporary stations. Like you're, your taste in music is supposed to become a little more mild. No, no, yo, you, well, you're, you're. I always tell little kids I see them in a show. I go, you realize you're gonna like heavy metal the rest of your life. You're seven years old. You're 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 in for life. You always go. You might when you hit your thirties, maybe you get married. You have a couple kids. You might veer away from it for a little while. But then when you get in your forties, you're right back in the way. You're like, wait a minute, I like I that think stuff you when always, I was a kid. You always like what you like when you were a kid. No, but like you think of like somehow times to like if you if you look at the music that musicians go into old age homes and play for the people, it's somehow like you know calm, melodic. Like Ricky, yeah. it's now like at some point. The new crop of people in, in old age homes are going to be like playing like Stairway to Heaven and uh, yeah, it, it and I seems, suppose it'll be rap for the next generation that comes through. Uh, it seems impossible. You, you just tend to like <laughs> you tend to like what you liked. You know your taste. My parents never got beyond Sinatra. You know, I mean, so because that was there. You know, and, and that kind of music. Well, yeah, unless you keep up with music all the time, it, aren't you? you, you are you, you not going to? You like, don't keep up because your taste, your taste freeze at Yeah, a that's what point. I'm saying. Like, most people do not keep up with listening to new music all the time. But it's not, it's, I think something in the brain shuts off, like, you're, you, I think you get used to a certain type of music and, and you just kind of, your brain yeah, freezes but, it. But, but there's also an energy and an attitude and a testosterone uh, thing about metal, which you think might wear off. But it doesn't. I'm, I mean, I'm just observing. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. Like Metallica's playing at MetLife Stadium in like two weeks. They were sold 60,000 tickets. It sold out. They'll probably do another date there. I don't think I can name you one Metallica song. Well, of course you can. What, what are they? Like Guns N' Roses did two shows at, at MetLife Stadium. So they sold like 120,000 tickets in do two days last summer. Do you consider metal? No, they're, you know, they're hard rock. The, but, but the right, difference right. is, is like Billy Joel, who's, what, 70 or 65, he can still sing his songs. It doesn't require necessarily a young man's voice to sing Billy Joel songs. But Metallica's going to have a tough time, I think, at 70. Absolutely. They you know, know doing that their they're, they're going to be able to do it to about 60, 61, 60. That's about I don't it. even know how Lars would do all that drumming at his age now, right? Well, that, like yeah, that's the, that's the thing. The drummer's always the first one to go. And those, yeah. the, the, like a you catcher. Know. Like yeah. a catcher on a baseball you know, team. Yeah, yeah. Like Piazza, they eventually right, put him on first base. Right, right, right. I remember knees. listening to uh, McCartney sing uh, Let It Be. Uh, a couple of years ago, I don't know what it was for, and it was wasn't very good. He warbles. He has good days and bad days. You know, it just seems to me so cruel. Like it's bad enough. Age has to take your looks away. Look at Tony Bennett. You got to take like a 90. guy's voice away. He still Tony, sounds good. He still sounds like he ever did. What was that bullshit with Lady Gaga and Metallica? You must have you must have been freaking out. Well, yeah, they did the they whole thing with the Grammys, but they didn't. You know, first of all, the woman that introduced. Um, Metallica and Lady Gaga didn't even mention Metallica. Yeah, they got so it. It was a Metallica song. And they just said, hey, give it up for Lady Gaga, like it was a, like Metallica was a backing band. And then none, the mic wasn't on right. for the singer James Heffield for like a minute. Like, how do you, how does that go on for a minute? Like, supposedly some guy kicked out a cord or something like that. It's like, what is this, the airplane movie where the guy pulled a cord and went for a minute where he had no vocals? No, I remember, so. Yeah, that was that sucked. That was I, 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 very disrespectful. It really is there, was. Is metal. There's no. Is there any new metal? I guess metal is dead along with rock and roll. No, I mean there's still there's still a lot of bands out there that sell a lot of tickets in the metal world. No, but new metal bands. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I mean my, my nephew's 17, 18. He's all into it. So you know, you know he tells me about them. Seems like uh, all the music I hear is like you know these chicks singing songs written by some Swedish dude. <laughs> you know? where you listen to stuff though. <laughs> 
seventies well, radio, obviously. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's just one on Sirius. Yeah, that's where you're gonna. Well, hear. It's just I'm not hearing. I'm not here. Like you know, in the eighties, even if you weren't into this shit, you. I wasn't listening to Cinderella, but I heard of it. Listen, this is the you thing about this thing. Part about, of the, it was part of the, Dan, the zeitgeist, if I might use this, that term. Yeah, this is the thing about 2017. You don't have to listen or ever hear anything other than exactly what you want to hear anymore. That's true. It's like you used to be a captive audience to a certain extent to every genre, everything. You had you had to put, and then sometimes you'd be exposed to it and like it. Now, you, it's everything segregated. I'm sure you never turn on a station where there's any risk of you hearing a metal song. Do you have satellite radio? No, I, hear, I, I listen Dan? to classic rock stations yeah. and they play the old metal. Which do, you I, have, do you have Sirius? Uh, no, I don't have Sirius. Oh, so, right, so. You not be on Sirius. You have a but show I'm, on Sirius. They didn't give it to you. It's subscription for free. That's part of the nah, deal. Nah, nah. I got to ask for that. I could ask for that. <laughs> we didn't get it free. But it's like, but you still things that are that are popular, you'll still hear of. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I've heard of it. I mean, if you listen to him talk, you can tell he doesn't listen. He says, like, now when uh, this uh, young man, Billy Joel, sings, <laughs> and, <laughs> even the cadence of your voice well, doesn't yeah, sound yeah. like you ever liked metal in any way. Well, no, I, I certainly like a lot of uh, what ACDC stuff. and um, <laughs> I was know. never really into metal. I like, I like Led Zeppelin a lot, but they're not really considered metal, right? No, they're hard, hard rock. rock. Like yeah. Black Sabbath was metal. Yeah. Deep Purple was metal. But I was a, a hair Zeppelin. band Richie guy. Blackmore is an amazing guitar player. Phenomenal. Yeah, but I love a good skid uh, row. I liked Rainbow. He went to Rainbow, right? Yeah, yeah Rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like one of those pop metal guys. I like White yeah, Snake the hair and I band, liked all that. that. Shit. And then, you know, when they got real metal, like, the, but I like listening to you and like Eddie Trunk talk about metal. Like, I liked your show. I don't know, for some reason it was fascinating because it was a whole other world. And he's so knowledgeable about a gym. I'm pointing to. It's There's like, no um, reason to know all that stuff either. I but, know, but it's cool. Well, but, but that was another thing. Like growing up, like strict Catholic, not masturbating, not getting laid. <laughs> so I would just listen to this stuff, and I'd, I'd have the album in my room, and I would study all the liner notes and knew every guy that was in a band. And when this guy left, this guy was in there because I had nothing else going on on a Friday or Saturday night. So that's how I. And Wait, Eddie Trunk had the same channel. In high school, I yeah. didn't know him then, but he's like, yeah, I was. In, I didn't go to the parties either. I'm like, yeah. Well, was, why didn't you go to the parties, Jim? I was. Uh, yes, first of all, you're a good-looking man. That's number one. I had so, a bad mustache when I was like a, a, a three and a half in right. high school. <laughs> and but you went to high school in Jersey. I did, and then so I, there, you couldn't have been the only mustache. Well, then I was. I, then I went to a private school in Florida. We moved to Florida, so I had no friends. Oh, it was like, a, are you still a Catholic? No. No. no, but my son's got to do, like, he's he's going to be in first grade next year, and this whole thing, is, does he go to, like, uh, CCD, it's called. If you don't go to uh, public, if you go to public school, then you have to take, like, an hour class of religion once a week for eight years. CCD until your confirmation. Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't know if I want to do that. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm on the fence about that. All my neighbors, the kids are going to go, like, you have to. I'm like, well, I just, I could tell them the Ten Commandments. He just learned the Ten Commandments. I'm like, just tell, just don't be a dick. There you go. There's your religion. <laughs> well, is the baby mama Catholic? You're right about that. The baby mama doesn't care. Right. That's she's not in the picture. So it's with you. That it's stuff. you. That's you. Still have some, perhaps lingering uh, or not. You have no lingering kind of sense of Catholicism. No, I. I you know, I bought into that for a long time. It screwed me up for a while. I so. think Catholics you know, are very resentful, very often of, of Catholicism. Yeah, because you, you know, you you grow up feeling like you're just the biggest piece of shit, and well, then you, you realize, you wait a minute, up? I'm not. Do you grow up believing that you're going to go to hell? Yeah, absolutely. And that That's why I didn't talk, touch my dick till I was 21. Because they're going to burn in hell. Yeah. And you can't get those years back, Jim. You can't get them back. I know. <laughs> there was a lot of hot chicks in high if, school that wanted me, but I was like, I don't, don't want to go to hell. I preferred church to temple. Because of that, it seemed much more entertaining that you would burn well, in hell. Fire and brimstone. Yeah. Is, but fire you know? and brimstone, you know, I've never been in a fire. So although it sounds scary, 
It wouldn't scare me nearly as much as if they said it was an eternity of gastroenteritis. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that I have experienced, and you oh. sure can bet that I would not touch my penis if I thought that that was at stake. Oh my God! Uh, at, at Passover, we read the we read the you know the story of Passover. For, for Can you the imagine Seder. an eternity of food poisoning? I, going to the and, uh, and we get to the part about the he was there. We get the part about the burning bush. Yeah. And how it burns, but it doesn't. I mean, it, it, there's a flame, but the bush doesn't burn. And, got, and my son's like, "That's like that's like Johnny the Human Torch from Fantastic Four." <laughs> <laughs> he says, that's "The true. Human Torch is God. Johnny, Johnny Storm is God." And and Manny's like, "Now he's he's convinced that the Johnny Storm from the from the Fantastic Four is God because he's he can burn, but he doesn't actually burn down." I don't know. That was pretty clever. Well, it actually Ma- makes a lot of Ma- sense. Noam, Noam is and Manny is also three, by the way. He's three, yeah. Yeah, oh, Noam obviously nice. is, is very hey, proud of... Um, what have I stumbled upon here? Well, this is a, Noam, you can sit down, Stephen. Uh, I mean, no, this is Ben Bailey. Uh, you don't ha- you're not obligated to join us, by the way, Ben. He's I'm happy to. What are we doing? Speaking, doing, speaking ben, of heavy though, metal, Ben... ben just no. chased the guy out. No, don't worry about him. He's our booker who's... Who is oh. not technically part he's of the show? He's expendable. Okay, okay, cool. Ben Ben decides to have, all of a sudden be in a Black Sabbath tribute band at, at a later <laughs> age in life. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's like, and he knows everything about Black Sabbath. I went over to his house and watched him play. It was awesome. Thanks. Dude. I want to go but, to that thing. It was it was midlife crisis. For but sure. you weren't into it when you were a kid, right? Well, you weren't. In the, really I wasn't into it, but I wasn't allowed to listen to it. My you, buddy, who's actually the drummer in my Sabbath band, he got into it, and his mom and my mom are good friends. And my mother said, "No Ozzy Osbourne in the house." This, Nothing. by the way, is by the way is a comedian and cash cab host Ben Bailey. Thanks, Dan. Well, I just want to make hey, sure guys. our audience knows. Hello, ben. That, uh, All my favorite people are here. Is that because of the eating rats or what? What, what was he? What? I don't know. She thought he was a devil worshiper. He was, you know, know, he had an upside down cross on one of his records. The first one, he had a cross, and then he bit the bat's head off in the dove. So, like, in the early 80s, he was like the devil. He pissed on on the Alamo and got arrested. Imagine if she had known about him writing his name and shit on the wall of a Beverly Hills hotel. (laughs) His own, by the way. Yeah. Didn't he he try to kill uh, his wife? Yeah, that was an incident. Maybe. Maybe. Well, he sort of has right? tried she, to But kill. they're still together. Like they're still together for yeah. like 40 years. Sharon was like, it's all right. It's fucking Oh, that Aussie. was Sharon? He tried to Sharon shoot. was like, yeah. you know what? I could <laughs> kick your ass, Ozzy, if I had to. <laughs> You've met him, right? You must have met him. Yeah. He's, uh, he's together? He's yeah. yeah. He, you know, when he was on that show, he just he walks around like a bumbling fool when he was on the Osbournes. But no, he's got it together and you stuff. You feel like he, that was played up some? Maybe. But they, supposedly he was on this weird medication. They thought he had Parkinson's or something, mm-hmm. so they had him on all this crazy medication when he really didn't have it when he was going through that stuff, too. Uh, so I he, met him, too. I met him at, uh, I feel like I'm bragging, I met, but I met him at, after the daytime Emmys. He was there because Sharon was nominated. And... Uh, I thought he was like very together, man. He was just talking to me about the album Thirteen, which was new at the time, and it got good reviews. The first, it was the first, their first number one album in the U.S. Ever, yeah, ever. And I thought he was like very clear, but he was clean and sober then. Ben, did you grow up Catholic? No. Okay, I was thinking. Are you from Jersey, Ben? As well. When did you? I'm not from Jersey, but that's basically where I grew up. When did you first start masturbating? how are those things related? Well, we'll, well get we to it. We were talking we'll about that earlier. You guys were talking about that before. Jeez, I don't know. As soon as I've... <laughs> Early right, on? Right when I popped out. No, I don't know, man. Right. Maybe 12? All right, see, I thought you were Irish Catholic. You had that whole thing going on, too. 12, 13? He, he, he was 21. He was 20. Can you believe it? You but were he had... 21 when you started masturbating? Yeah. 
How are you not like a Nobel Prize winner? All that, <laughs> all that time you would have had. Why did you not invent something? If I had been able to focus it on any, anything else. No, but get this, Ben. He was banging before that. What? Oh, is that right? Yeah, I was banging before that. Oh, it's that. just because you're such a stud. You were getting laid. How was that One possible? day you're like, oh, wait, I could do this to myself. <laughs> I, can't, that, I didn't know. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's crazy. I've never I've heard never anything heard like that. that before. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, yeah for like right before you, I was eighteen. You would have, if you were in my high school, you would have cleaned up. I mean, the competition was not exactly stiff, <laughs> but uh, I don't know what the guys looked like in your high school. But Jim, Jim, a young, I mean, he's, he's a good-looking man. He's certainly a young Jim Florentine. Jim Florentine no, has that even, voice. Even, with the voice. When he was twelve, he had that voice. Yeah, but it was cracking like I had a frog in my throat, and that was weird. You know, you're weird and. You're an introvert. And you're but like, yeah, but the competition was me. Uh, oh, the only thing I knew about growing up was pro wrestling, <laughs> pro wrestling and heavy metal. So if I started talking to some hot chick about, I think Judas Priest might be breaking up, she's going to be like, get this weirdo away from me. And that's all I knew. She's I like, Rob Hallford's gay. Really? Yeah, I'm like, no, he's not. I want the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd be so mad at her. I'm not talking to you anymore. like the girls always like those Dude. type of guys. So, Jim, so, you, were, you were a DJ at a strip club, weren't you? Yeah. Because like, he has that voice. I want to, like, I'm really thinking about this not masturbating thing. And I, and, and, I don't I, believe it for one second. But why would I lie like, about it? I wish you're, like, I wish like, it was you're 17, and you and you and you're like Pryor says. You're harder than seven. times at 29, yeah. right? Like you're really. Are remember. you are harder you than what, harder than what? Harder than times at 29. That's what Pryor says. Times at 29. Yeah, my dick was harder than times in 29 during the Depression. Oh, those were hard times, yeah. Those were hard times. So, not my joke. It's Richard Pryor. Oh, yeah, yeah. What with the crash? Is this an exercise in self-discipline? Like, you are like you you want to do it, but you're like, no, I can't do this. No, I think I just blocked it out. Like, it wasn't even a discussion. I mean, I would look through dirty magazines. We'd always get them at, like, garage sales. We'd go in the woods, and we'd look at all the Hustler and Penhouse and me and my friends. No, I'm not masturbate. You know, me and my buddies and stuff. But the first girlfriend I had, I had sex with her first time. We put a condom on. I came in, and I didn't even know what the hell it was. It freaked me out. Oh, I went in the bathroom. You didn't like, know what the, the liquid this was? Is no, I didn't. And then, oh, you know, and then once, once I started having sex, I'm like, this is amazing. And then. Yeah, it sucked living uh, back then in a way because, like, I had the same, not the sex, but I, you know, was masturbating. And then, like, I remember, like, when I was 15 or 16, nobody told us anything. I, had, I thought I was diseased. And I called up because like because you ejaculated. Yeah, and I was like, "Geez, I got to stop doing it." You called I, a hotline, and I'm yeah. Jewish. Like, there was no Catholic guilt or anything. I called a hotline for masturbation to see if there was a problem with me. There was a hotline for the, masturbation. Yeah, I came I and I think up. I'm dying. Hotline. You didn't know the facts of life at 15. <laughs> no, my dad just told me. Never in the ass and hide your wallet. That's all he ever said. I think the fact well, according to Rita, I can understand the wallet, but why not in the ass? It's very uptight. According to Rita Rudner, nobody told me anything. I mean, we had to go to see pornos in the movie theater. Yeah, no one. My parents didn't. I knew what it was, but I no, I have to change my answer. It was earlier. I remembered. Yeah, I remembered a time. I was. I think I was more like nine. I do when not twelve nine before you could ejaculate. You know that right? Sherwood no, no, movie the first theater time I, nine. Uh, the first time you the first time I figured out that I could. <laughs> well, the first time anything ever stuff. came out for me was very it was seventeen because I had a very late adolescence. That's so you would do it, but nothing would come out. Nothing would come out, but but uh, you know. But um, shame. But um, <laughs> like a just a little shame. That's still, what isn't what there still a little bit of shame in it now? A little sadness. I, I, I thought that. I thought that. Um, I because I had taken, unlike you, I had paid attention in ninth grade health class. 
But I thought that, and I so I knew that you know. What How do you came, know Jim didn't? Oh, because well, he didn't, he didn't know, know what came out. <laughs> Maybe he didn't have health. Class. But I thought he I, had heavy metal 101. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I assumed that it started off like a little came out, then a little bit more. You know, as and by you, now as you you'd just be coming for days well, no, on I end. Th- <laughs> but like, the, like puberty is gradual. You get a little bit of hair. You get a little bit more hair. But ejaculation, it's it's like a, an on off switch on off. Um, <laughs> it's like is that Seinfeld's yeah. repair a car. <laughs> but it's like it came all at once. Like all of a sudden, one day nothing came out, and the next day a full load came. Out. A full. So that was a surprise to me. But I knew what it was. Did you call the masturbation hotline? <laughs> No, I knew exactly. What just it, was bus- it was busy. Dave, I have a story of my own. You're not going to believe this. It's sad in a way. Like I, I, <laughs> I think I, I got it from you. I, I don't. I would. I would prefer my kids grow up. Like now, by the time they're ten, they're probably going to see full blown. Yeah. Hardcore intercourse. Yeah. Like on the internet. There's no way to keep it from them. Just no right. way. And that's not good. I, I'm not happy about that. And especially my daughter. I don't want to. You really think there's no way at all to keep it from them? No, because you, very they're very by, by the time they're ten, all they got to do is go over to that one friend's house. No, all you need yeah. is one friend, yeah. yeah. I knew things were different when I was at uh, Disney World, and I walked up to this, like, podium thing. Or it was Epcot Center. I walked up to this, like, podium thing with TV screens in it, and there was just a hardcore anal going on on, one of, on one of the screens. Some, a kid had hacked, the, <laughs> had hacked the thing and just put, a, oh put this God. video on replay. <laughs> so, and there was long? like this level four alert through the park. How long, how long did you watch for? Uh, until the police came. <laughs> Oh, this is fun! I gotta go around the corner and do that. Uh, uh, tell stories, man. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to crash. I no, are you kidding? No, I'm coming over to that show. Okay, I'm, cool. I'm doing it I next just had, I had a, my friend. He had one magazine, and we would just every time we would look at that same damn magazine. That's that's all we had was his one magazine. That's yeah, practice. Good practice for marriage. <laughs> but um, you know, times have changed, obviously. So. Uh, I, I don't like so, it. I mean, basically, us three. No, no, did your did your parents talk to you about sex? Did you know? You yeah, masked? I knew. I knew it all. See, us out of three, three out of four, I had no idea. Our parents didn't say okay. anything. We were basically on our own. All me, you, and Dave. Yeah, just ninth grade health class, you know. Yeah, but that's not with, helpful. With, with Pete Samperi. And then ninth grade health class is not going to tell you about masturbation. They just will skip it. No, well, they my, told Mr. Mr. Jangle. Mr. Jangle told us Mr. about masturbation. Mr. Jangle did. <laughs> Mr. Jangle told <laughs> right. us about masturbation. Nobody told That's us. That's what they call Mr. Jangle. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then they name. brought in some guy when we were in sixth grade to teach us about sex, and he said, I'll never forget it because it really messed me up, <laughs> that the penis had to get close enough to the vagina. Close enough. So then I started hugging like my mom or other girls like with my, oh, you know, okay. like away because I was afraid I was going to get them pregnant. Because he only said it had to get close enough. And that messed me up. If he had just said you got to put it inside, yeah. it would have been really helpful. If, I wouldn't have believed it, by That's the way. That's weird, because Dave that just age. gave me a close hug like an hour ago when I first saw him. You, you know, that, that, uh, we, have to wrap, that, that, uh, we know that children are reaching puberty earlier and earlier now. And one of the more credible theories as to why is that because kids are seeing so much sexual content so much earlier, it's activating puberty earlier. And it makes sense. I mean, even if you're a kid and you're watching, like, you know, we used to watch the Dick Van Dyke show, certainly they were sleeping in separate beds. Now you watch the Big Bang Theory, and any kid would watch the Big Bang. It's on at 8 o'clock at night. It's technically a family show, and all they do is talk about coitus and sex. No, it's true. There's a couple bands. I I love it. There's a couple (laughs) rock bands that I got my son into. My son's in the music, too, and they got girl lead singers, and he... 
he whipped his penis out. He's like, Dad, look how big my penis is. It gets really big when I watch these girls. So, and I, that didn't happen when I was growing. Like maybe I got a erection looking at a dirty magazine, but I was there was nothing visual to watch. I remember right, as a no, kid, the Star older kids, we were Trek. watching Happy Days as a family in front of the TV, right. and and maybe all the family masturbate and stuff to like Pinky that. Tuscadero. Well, that was did, yeah. Did she I, was. Uh, she used yeah. to babysit me. What? Roz Kelly. I heard she's crazy. Yeah, but I don't she, know. Was. She, she was a waitress at uh, my father's place. Oh, is that and right? She, was a, she babysat me. Just I, I don't know if I discussed oh, this on man. a previous episode, so but when I was really young and the older kids were talking about having big penises, I, I, would, I would be like, in my, I, I wouldn't I admit that I didn't that. know why that was important. I would sort of play along like, yeah, yeah, I got a big penis too. But I was like, why would you want a big penis? I don't remember why anybody would you saying just, that. Just because I just thought a penis was something you aim urine with. Those are two things I didn't know why they were important. Oil and big penises. <laughs> but I knew the adults thought it was very important. All right. Anyway, Jim, <laughs> thank you for sharing. Uh, the, the, the hour is up. Um, oh. and, and you you want to uh, give your like Twitter thing? Yeah, I got a podcast, Comedy Metal Midgets. Every, on on uh, Riotcast, right? Yeah, it's on Riotcast. We're on the same uh, every network. Monday. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I, I have a show on Ozzy's Boneyard on Sirius every Thursday from 5 to 7. It's a heavy, hard rock. Yeah, show. Oh, what's your take on the Kevin Brennan uh, Riotcast debacle? (laughs) I love Kevin, but he's he's a maniac. He's a maniac. I love him too. No, it's yeah, it's I don't look. The the thing with podcasts is you got to be patient. There's not going to be money in the beginning. I've been doing this since 2011. I just started making money recently. You know, whatever. You just got to keep doing it and doing it. He doesn't understand that. I know. Well, that's what you have to do. If if he uses the word paywall one more time, I'm going to punch him in the face. (laughs) It's like when you do comedy, you're not going to start making $500 a night when you're doing gigs. You're going to make $25, 10 free. My very first time I ever got paid was with Jim. I don't know if you remember. It was like in 1995. And we did a show in Jersey, but the show got canceled, but we both got like 25 bucks. So you don't remember. That was the first time I ever got paid to do comedy, (laughs) although I didn't do any comedy. But Kevin did actually was worse because... He started just asking the fans to send him money, yeah, and keeping hundred percent of it, <laughs> not know. sharing it with the network or with Lenny. Right. He was like, "You can and be in the audience if you give me two hundred and fifty bucks." Yeah, and, and you know, I own the I own the studio, right? So I'm like, and I don't get any money for. It. I'm like, well, he's fucking selling access to the studio. Maybe he should share it with everybody. Anyway, it's just odd to be in show business for thirty years and not know how it works yet. Like that, it takes time to grow a podcast. Yes, but he's also, you know, as we all are, we're, we're not spring chickens anymore. So the, the, the he's always been like that. The desperation yeah. starts to sink in. I suppose. No, no, no. He's always been like that. But he <laughs> is. There's nobody funnier, right? I mean, he's, he's, no, he's, no, he's amazing. Uh, nobody funnier is a strong statement. Uh, no, he's, no, certainly, he's pretty good. He's, he's quite funny. <laughs> Well, I mean, he he is so his you know he's so Kevin Brennan. There's no he's not derivative of anybody. He's so unique, and and that's I think we all respect that the most. Someone who's just like I I respect consistency. I was I did a show Monday, so I told him I just I like consistency. He's been a dick since the day I've met him. He really is. What's the Sarah Silverman story you told me? Oh right, when um, they were. He took her virginity, Sarah Silverman's virginity, and when she was just a young, naive kid, you know, she thought Kevin was her boyfriend, and she's like, you really shouldn't talk to your girlfriend like that, and he goes, you're not my fucking girlfriend, you dumb cunt, and so then 30 years later, she's writing her book, and she emails Kevin and goes, hey, do you mind if I tell that story about, you know, when he said that to me? He goes, I don't give a shit what you do, you dumb cunt. (laughs) (laughs) And that book would have helped him. Like He's like, what do I care? Gotta respect it. All right, Dan, you want to say goodnight? Well, also, we're, um, you can see David oh. and I and The Godfather and on Gnome, them. And Gnome. Can you, can you actually do me a favor? May 9th. Can you, I, I asked Dave, there's certain lines. <laughs> it's not just you. Everybody, that need to be delivered 
as the movie. So that, that's frustrating. Part of sometimes. what's funny about them is just that well, everybody knows the unfortunately, movie. Unfortunately, I'm not. A, I'm not the. The crazy okay. but if he, Godfather maniac that. But uh, if he that, puts an asterisk on the three or four lines, sure, which sure. reply will you? Then, will then you? Uh, of course, I'm 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 a team player. As uh, Dave knows, when he tells me to do something, I do it. Well, you can't go, but Mo. I, you don't come to Las Vegas and talk to a man like you got to well, say Mo. He's not going to do that line. Well, no, That's I'm saying but, but an example, have you have him. to say it the way it is. It's the Godfather. If I do what I'm instructed to do by Dave Juskow. <laughs> but, he, but Dave... Uh, um, he doesn't tell me to do anything differently than I've been doing, so I don't. Sometimes Dave I, is it, not it, the best director because Dave wants to be liked. It's... Well, there Dave, you you have. I don't want to make the comments. Well, angry. then I, you have my permission to tell me if you need a line delivered. But he delivered. fumes after. He's, not a, he's fuming after these shows. There's only a couple times where I've asked you to do it, and you you always forget. No, so. well. <laughs> And it, but uh, but again it's I say when we gang up. again I, again I say I'm not a nutty Godfather fan. I enjoyed right. the movie when I saw it many years ago. I prefer Goodfellas, to be quite honest. I would just we're think if I was March. starring in a parody of The Godfather, five different five different uh, chapters of it, I might sit down and watch The Godfather. You might, you might, just <laughs> you might. Yeah. But if you weren't, if you were, if you were, I just might. You might, but you probably wouldn't because nobody else is. They might. And yeah, yeah. and the fact might. is, we're not, you know, I mean, we're being anyway. paid a very, uh, very small oh, amount. Oh, really, wow. Dan? So now we're back to the Kevin Brennan stuff. Yeah, He's yeah, not getting exactly. money. I mean, we come and we do it. My we're happy to do it for Dave. You for saying that. We're happy to do it for Dave, but... My father would have said, if you're going to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, then don't do it. But if you do it, you do it right. You don't do it, you don't do it less right because you're not getting paid it's more. It's fun, though, isn't it? We have a good time, but I'm not going to, like, you know, watch The Godfather especially to, to for this. If... if Jews. Okay. If, it, if you, thank you, Mark. It's nothing to do with I'll say it because Jim is thinking it. Good night, everybody. Oh, thank Jim you. is not <laughs> thinking it. <laughs> Jim is so not racist, he didn't even cross his mind. I'm stopping it. You can stop it, but I'm continuing the discussion <laughs> off, off mic.